All right, welcome to Let's Grow Through It. I'm Kristen. And I'm Tessa. Yeah, and Tessa is <laughs> still <back>. pregnant. <laughs> yeah, still pregnant, but we got her in for one more episode. Let's hope this is the last one for at least a little bit. Today, we want to talk about something that is really heavy, and that is trauma bonds. We were kind of talking about how we could like label this episode based on kind of what we're going through. And I think it's, you know, you didn't meet your soulmate, you met your trauma bond. Yeah. And how how to know. We always talk about this so much. Like, I wish I knew then what I know now. You wouldn't know what you know unless you went through what you went through. Or if you take advice from people who have gone through something like this. And then like well, that's, choose better for yeah, yourself. That's the goal. Which that's I, what I hope this episode does. Right. And I do, I want to believe that is the way the younger generation is trending. You know, they're yeah. talking more about like icks and red flags, how to not ignore them. That wasn't really a thing when we were younger. No. And even if it was, I don't know if it would have mattered because when you're like blinded by love and trauma, well not love because it's just trauma, you know, but when you're blinded by it, like you can't even differentiate like what is what life was so different for us just 10 years ago we didn't have social media like we do now where you're kind of very heavily influenced on everything you know especially on tiktok i feel like the algorithm knows what you like pretty well this is kind of what started this whole thing for me too was like i'm i see so many things on tiktok of just like these girls. And I actually just saw this other one and I didn't even tell you about it. Have you ever seen the Love is Blind? I haven't watched it, but I've seen some TikToks of it, I think. There's a new season out right now. And this girl, she came up on my For You page and she's like basically saying that she saw her boyfriend on the show. It was just talking about like what she was going through in that moment of like feeling like her heart was in her chest and her boyfriend was on the show. And she, Oh, she didn't know her boyfriend was on the no. show? <laughs> and she goes, I still believe he's my soulmate and I still believe we're going to work it out. Uh... And I immediately was just like, no, you're not. You're not. That's not your soulmate. This is probably your trauma bond. This is your life lesson. Like, do not. Don't take it. Don't (laughs) do do it. You don't need to learn the lesson. Yeah, just take your out. Take your out now. Because we are, you know, we are experiencing what it looks like to build a life with that kind of trauma Mm -hmm. bond and that person. And we have totally different narratives of our story of what it's been like yeah um I definitely feel like my ex is a narcissist through and through and yours I think just has like a really broken soul soul yeah yeah and just like keeps repeating the cycle yeah um but I don't think he's ever been like intentionally like vicious and malicious to like ruin your life yeah he's just been like selfish yeah a lot of people's lives right yeah exactly so it's a little different but I think just a little bit of insight on like what it's like we're trying to figure out like how do we tell people to understand the difference between love and a trauma bond and my trauma bond is very very much tied to my childhood trauma Mm -hmm. the pattern of my childhood trauma my dad cheated on my mom and then he married the woman that he cheated on my mom with and had a family with her and then cheating and like being wrapped up in cheating was in every single one of my relationships but I wasn't even aware of it Mm -hmm. until literally two years ago and then I was like oh my gosh how did I not see that my ex was basically my father Mm -hmm. like that I was like trying to recreate my trauma and have it have a different ending and that was my trauma bond yours was more of like the feeling the highs and the lows and the distrust 
and not feeling like completely safe in it. Whereas like for me, I always felt safe with mm-hmm. my ex-husband mm-hmm. until he started cheating on me. Yeah. But like there was no high and low. It was all highs, like always. Yeah. Like this is the love of my life. How did I get so lucky, you know, but because I completely ignored the start of our relationship for the relationship, for the love, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that is the difference between uncover and trauma. So I guess there two things is like look at your patterns, you know, and just make sure that the person that you're feeling all this love with isn't similar to your father or mother and the wounds that they gave you in any way. Then look at the feeling. They say if you meet somebody and they feel like home, be careful because home might not have been a safe place. Mm. Yeah. Yes, that's so true. Yeah. Because, yeah, your brain wants to stick to what it knows. Mm -hmm. And it's not always a good thing. Yeah. And I think it's important, too, to understand and know your trauma. Because for you, your trauma was, why don't you say, like, what your childhood trauma was? Yeah, so what my childhood trauma was, my dad cheated on my mom. And then he, I mean. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. There's, it goes really deep. There's like all sorts of abuse and everything involved Mm -hmm. in that. But the general outline of it is that my dad chose another woman over me that's mm-hmm. how it felt like that's how little five-year-old Kristen internalized that you know mm-hmm. like daddy didn't pick me daddy picked this other woman so then I was in competition mm-hmm. with this other woman my whole life and and she always won she always won I love her now like we've gone through a lot of stuff and healing but like growing up she was the evil stepmother and she was mean to us she would like twist things and then my dad would always take her side so he was like always choosing her over me is what it felt like growing up how it played out then in my future relationships but I didn't even realize is one I always created another woman to be in competition with even Mm -hmm. if it didn't even exist. It would be like with my first boyfriend, he had this girl who was his little sister's best friend and she was in love with him. They dated for like four months before we started dating. She was always my competition. And then we broke up one time and he hooked up with her. And then she even became like more my competition. And it was always me having to be like prettier and smarter and funnier and better in every way than this other woman. And then me getting chosen by the man. That was my trauma unaware of this completely unaware of this until I left my ex-husband and then I started doing shadow work Mm -hmm. and in like a journal prompt it was like basically I was journaling and then I wrote about how like I was always in competition with dissecting all of my past relationships and I was like oh my gosh I did that in every single relationship yeah even if there wasn't another woman I created one and then very specifically with my ex-husband there was another woman he Mm -hmm. had a wife and like completely ignored that 
to be the one who was chosen, you know? But here's the thing, is that this is why this was your trauma bond, because he did pick you. Your high from your trauma bond was to be chosen and to be picked, and that's what you got from that relationship with your ex-husband. And what they say is, what you try to do if you're, like, recreating your trauma is you want to recreate the story and change it. Fix it. That's the Mm -hmm. goal of, like, why you're subconsciously doing this. So that's exactly what I did. And for seven years, it felt like I did. It felt like I healed my trauma, you know, Mm -hmm. like it didn't matter. I healed it. I I got to recreate this, the trauma situation and I made it okay. You know, I, I won quote unquote because I did not win, but that's what it felt like, you know, and then of course that's not what happened because if you're just going to keep recreating your trauma, it's going to end the same way. And that is kind of exactly what happened. Then he found his out on your marriage. Yeah. And then he cheated. He rewrote his pattern. And it brought up a huge a huge awareness in you, which I think was like the silver lining. Yeah. Like you were able to do this shadow work and get to this, this point that you are now, which is what I'm so thankful for, for what we've both been through. Like, I yes. feel like we've grown through it, but I feel like, do we have to learn those lessons? You know what I mean? Well, like, what I think is... If in my 20s, when I turned 20, instead of trying to find my soulmate, I went to therapy and tried to heal all of my trauma instead of pretending like I didn't have any trauma, Yeah. then I wouldn't have had to learn the lessons that way. Because I wouldn't have been attracted to that. I would have been grossed out by it. I would have been like, by your actions, sir, you have a wife. Get the fuck out of here, you know? Yeah. Like, Immediately no, thank no. you. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the goal. I think that is the main part. It's like, okay, how do I avoid falling in love and marrying my trauma bond? Being so sure and trusting of yourself, mm-hmm. doing the work, doing the shadow work, being able to identify your inner child mm-hmm. trauma, you know, loving that inner child always vouching for yourself, always vouching to keep yourself safe. There's so many different aspects of it. You trust yourself and you choose yourself and you become so set in that that anything else becomes so repulsive. You're not even attracted to that kind of person, that kind of relationship. Yeah. You look at people's actions and how they show up and not their words. That was a big thing for me when I was younger. Just really like I would focus so much on what I was being told and mistake that as like, oh, you love me so much. You're writing me these like really romantic novels and like it makes me feel so loved and so chosen that I would ignore the actions. Yeah. I would ignore in all of my relationships, not just with my ex-husband. I mean, I was in like a very verbally abusive and I was verbally abusive in that relationship as well. Mm -hmm. But because there were moments where it was like the words were there, I would Mm -hmm. ignore the actions. Well, yeah, and I think that it was also hitting your childhood trauma that you were not aware of yet was that this was a person that needed a lot of fixing and mm-hmm. you wanted to be the one to fix him. Mm-hmm. And I remember, obviously, we lived together when you started dating that guy. And I remember, like, just seeing you sad and, like, because he wouldn't, because it was long distance. Yeah. And, like, he wouldn't call and yeah. he just was, like, always letting you down. And I, like, hate seeing you sad. Like, it's, like, the <laughs> one thing I was, like, I do not like it at all. I think that was just, like, not being able to identify that that was something that was so deeply rooted in you mm-hmm. that you Wanted were going to be, sit it out. Yeah. You were going to you were gonna go for it until you get this final fix, right? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the goal, even if you don't even know it. 
until you identify the trauma. Yeah. You won't know, and you will just keep repeating the cycle. And I guess, like, with my exes before, my ex-husband, they were more of the feeling trauma. Because, I mean, there was cheating involved, but it wasn't like they were cheating on somebody to be with me. Right. It was like then, all of a sudden, we would, like cheat on each other in the relationship you know it was the the highs and the lows with them very much very much the highs and the lows is what I was like Mm -hmm. addicted to and could not escape which was the on and off which is like you know when your your daddy doesn't come around for a while and then daddy does come around and you get the high and then daddy's gone and you get the sad why doesn't my dad love me that's very much where that is a trauma bond yeah hmm Yeah, that's really interesting because I think about that a lot from like being in preschool and my dad, I only saw my dad every other weekend and so every other Friday he'd pick me up from preschool and like just being so stoked to see my dad, you know, of like that high of like the man in your life, Mm -hmm. you know, and like you do fun things that weekend and then you don't hear or see him for like another week and a half. Yeah. It's so bizarre. Life is so different now where it's like you can reach that person yeah, you that know, is true. like yeah. you can get in contact with your kids, but back then it wasn't like that. It wasn't like when well, my dad was even worse than that because he was a thousand miles away, yeah. and we had no parenting plan because my mom actually had full custody of us, and she just, out of the kindness of her own heart, let us still see him just for the summer, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, just we would the go. We would go for a couple weeks in the summer, and mm-hmm. we would usually go for Christmas. So that was the only time that I saw my dad. And it wasn't like he was consistently calling every week to check right. in with us. You know, it was very, like, sporadic. We, I would get a phone call or a letter from him. Okay, side note, this is Kristen coming in. While I am editing this episode, I just had a little epiphany. Long-distance relationships are part of my trauma that I never really connected those dots. So I've had six pretty, you know, I would consider them relationships. Like I saw a potential future possibility with these people. Five out of the six were long distance at one point. Four out of the six were long distance basically the entire time. One, there was like two years that was long distance. And um, the only one that wasn't long distance was with my ex-husband. And there was just so much other trauma bonding there that I guess I didn't need the long distance trauma bond to feel like I was recreating my trauma subconsciously. That's just really mind blowing to me that also this is another thing I was never even really aware of. I was just subconsciously putting myself back in these long distance relationships to create that long distance kind of relationship that I had with my dad growing up. Um, This is just why it's so important to really analyze if you find yourself single and in a slew of bad relationships, really analyze every single relationship and see what patterns and similarities you can find and then connect the dots to how it connects to your childhood trauma or your relationship wounds that you have with your mother or your father. Yeah, you might be recreating childhood trauma and be completely unaware of it, which Man, I don't know what else I'm going to keep uncovering. I'm kind of scared. But from here on out, long-distance relationships are a no-go for me because that is my my childhood trauma. That's my inner child just trying to keep herself in the familiar. And yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. So anyway, back to the episode. You could have the worst parent in the world. And I'm not. that's not what I'm saying about my dad. But like he was a pretty absent father growing yeah. up. But you still want to be loved by them. I 
always loved any attention that I could get from my dad. I was like a daddy's girl, even though like my dad wasn't around most of the time. One time my stepmom actually like got mad at me for like hanging out with my dad too much whenever I was there one summer. Like I would go to work with him and she's like, Ugh, you're such a daddy's girl. Then made me feel bad about like wanting attention from my dad. So it was just like a lot of childhood trauma that I very much like brushed over mm-hmm. in my life when I would kind of for like shock factor I would love to tell people the story about my dad and my mom and like my childhood yeah it's a crazy story literally everyone's jaws would be like oh but like but it's fine you know we've all worked through it and like it doesn't matter but I never worked through it I just like touched the surface of it yeah never dug deep into like what that actually meant and how that actually affected me as a child and then as a young adult yeah and I didn't do that till I was in my 30s and understanding that has like changed everything for me and then also just like really truly learning how to love myself because I feel like you would only connect with your trauma bond if you haven't taken the time to pour into yourself and love yourself and raise your standards and raise your boundaries and like understand that yes I love my dad but that doesn't mean I want to be in a relationship with anybody who's like my father yeah that's so true I know it's like it's it's that same thing again like you're able to identify what's really attractive and what's not. Yeah. And what's healthy and what's good for you and what's not. I feel like you can't do that when you're not able to identify your childhood trauma. And if you don't have childhood trauma, it's like even better, right? Like who doesn't I, have childhood trauma? I though? knew so many well, I grew up really in a religious setting, so like I knew so many people who had you know, in their eyes at the time, who knows who knows how that played exactly, out. Exactly, because just because your parents are still together doesn't mean that you don't have trauma. Yeah, but there are people, they don't have much to say, you yeah. know? Like, they really, I do know people like that that just, like, had it really good, and I always felt really jealous of them that they had their head on so, like, yeah. right and tight, you know? Because I was, like, always having to, like, learn these lessons and go through these, being attracted to these just assholes, you yeah. know? That would, like, break my heart. Yeah. And I wasn't able to really understand that until I got older, that those kind of guys become a huge ick when you're where you should be in your life and who you should be in your life. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing too is like being able to like identify, you know, in the beginning it's like there were so many red flags with my ex-husband and I. I guess my hook on our relationship was that we had high highs and low lows, but it was just like this chaotic cycle that we would go through. And we met whenever I was 22 and I was just coming out of a lot of stuff that was like huge trauma for me. Mm -hmm. I was not able to process it or deal with it. And I met this person who presented this like amazing package before me you know like he was this great guy and he like meditated and he like had his life together you know like his own apartment and a good job and he was 35 and he did the love bombing and it was just like electric love that I had never felt before Mm -hmm. but it was also met with you know, he would have days where he wasn't that person and he would be really low and like moody and push me away. And I would be like, what am I doing wrong? Like, what can I do more of? You Mm -hmm. know, like, how can I get him to love me again? And it became this like cycle, you know, of how can I get him to love me like that again? It became like addictive for me. And the bright side of that was that I then wanted to go within and work on myself as much as I could. And mm-hmm. I did go through so much therapy in our relationship because that's kind of like what he would 
do, you know, it'd be like, you need to go to therapy and you need to do this and you need to do that. You know, who's kind of always really critical of me. I'm thankful for that now because I really did like work out a lot of stuff that I feel like I needed to, you know, there were so many red flags in the beginning of that relationship. It's interesting to me now because I look at the relationship that I'm in now where there's no highs or lows you know it's just like and it's not to say that we're not like madly in love with each other like I feel madly in love with this man but I don't feel like that I don't even know how to explain the difference I think it's just like you feel safe yeah it's a secure love that's gotta be not that I I've like experienced this I've never really felt safe in a relationship when yeah. I truly like think about them you know like I, yeah I, I I have struggled with I can feel love but I can't feel safe in it you know yeah I'm assuming that is what you feel in right. it right he just like loves me like no one's ever loved me before yeah. and like it's just it's just a different feeling and it, because of that I'm able to ask about like ex-girlfriends or mm-hmm. I'm able to be like really accepting of the fact that he's got kids with other women yeah. you know like because I feel safe it's like not like this like jealous toxic yeah. I'm crazy he doesn't bring that out of me and we both feel this way that like we both feel like we bring out the best in each other yeah. and we're able to like love each other correctly and I never knew that that was possible until I started dating Corey mm-hmm. but before it was like I thought that love was that intense yeah electrifying like obsession all you can think about yes you like know. he finally wants me and you know we're so in love and like perfect example I remember one time me and my ex-husband we had broken up a couple times before we got married and got back together we had been separated for about a month and we had seen each other out and I had kind of started casually seeing someone else but I was moving to California and this guy ended up being best friends with one of his best friends so it's kind of like in a loop of somebody that Mm, he knew so he got some insight on what was going on in that time and it like filled him with rage it filled him with jealousy like anger like he like totally lost his marbles I remember like he went home and trashed his entire apartment he trashed his apartment he ended up getting evicted from the place and I remember like and the cops called me to make sure I was okay because he said that it was it was my fault So they wanted to make sure I was okay, you know, and I was sitting there at work and I was just like, oh my God, like, he loves me so much he's losing Uh, me. Yeah. uh, And so for me, I'm like, uh, he needs me. Like, I need to go, like, help Help him. him. And I remember him telling me, you know, come over. And I remember being like, he totally might be off of his rocker that much that he's... He's going to do something crazy to me, but I just have to go. Like, I just have to, I, it was just sick. It was just like sickening. Like I was just so, from what I thought, so in love with this man. And I remember I went and we were like, spent the night together and it was just like, you know, him crying and saying how sorry he was and that it's just like, he loves me so much and doesn't want to lose me and like he's gonna wait for me while I move to California and hopes that we're gonna be back together you know like let's obviously we've got some work to do like let's do the work split up and let's just see like if we're meant to be we'll come back together right so then there's my hook again that Mm -hmm. high high of like just this trauma bond like over and over and like I feel like you're able to identify a trauma bond 
whenever you just cannot walk away, even if you know that it's wrong for you. Like, I just could not walk away. Like, I couldn't do it. I moved to California two weeks later. We were kind of in contact, you know, and I and I had to cut off the contact because it was really impossible for me to be 100% present in California. Because yeah. I was just, I felt like I was making the wrong choice and, like, my heart felt ripped out. Like, mm-hmm. I just wanted to be with him. And I ended up having to, like, just completely cut it off and, like, really be in California and, like, really work on myself, you know? I did feel like I really worked on myself and I found out a lot about who I was and I healed a lot like still so grateful for my time in California like I really needed to do that I needed to get out of Tampa I remember one day like reaching out to him and telling him that I was going to come back to Florida for a couple months and just I wanted to see him and we had seen each other a couple times in between that that year or two that I lived out there well it was two years to the date that Mm -hmm. I lived out there but that first year we saw each other a couple times I reached out to him like hey I'd really like to see you he responded with couple of months no like I've been waiting for you for two years I have a house that I know you would love move back you and Havana who was my dog at the time I want to do the life with you like let's get married let's have kids like let's do this you know like this is our time so there's that high high I just jumped right in mm-hmm. okay I secretly secretly by the way we just remember okay this. another red That's flag a, yeah if you can't even talk to your friends because you know they're not gonna like agree with you yep I was afraid that people were going to try to talk me out of it. Listen, I flew from Mexico to, I was on a a work trip in Mexico, Uh and I flew to California, and I helped Tessa, like, pack up all of her stuff. I'm like, yeah, we're going to go on this great road trip. Tessa's moving back to Florida. So exciting. And we're, like, three days into our cross-country road trip. And I'm like, so where are you going (laughs) whenever you get back? Mm Because I had no clue. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm moving in with with your ex-husband. And I was like, what? Yeah what I was like no yeah and then I remember you like reading me the email that he wrote you about the house and everything and that wasn't very much you know what I think is so unhealthy is we were watching the notebook and thinking that that was a good example of love Mm -hmm. and like I've watched the notebook as a grown-up this more healed version of myself like two years a year ago I watched it and I was just like there's so many red flags mm-hmm. about this situation mm-hmm. and like Noah is very toxic and Allie is very toxic and they're like horrible for each other. This is not a love story. It's that toxic love. Yeah, but you. I was like, oh, I want to know what. Yeah. I need to know what. Yeah. That's, and that's what it felt like for me. It felt like that. Like yeah. that reunited, yeah, yeah. The, that high, just toxic. And I'm going to be honest, for the first year, it was amazing. Like, it was amazing. It yeah. felt like we had come full circle. Three months later, I found out I was pregnant. We were having a little girl. We were so happy. He proposed at the end of the year. I was like, we did it. Like, yeah. we're, we're doing it. Then it was like, it was like the night before our wedding night was when everything kind of started. It was the beginning of a fight that we had had. I don't really remember the extent of the conversation, but he basically said that I could be doing better and I could be doing more. And I felt like I was doing the best that I could. And I I remember being like, why are you doing this the night before our wedding? Like my mom's sleeping in the other room. In the morning, we're getting married. I remember just being like, I'm not marrying you tomorrow. You know, like I'm not going to marry you like this. And then it was just kind of like, I cried myself to sleep. He didn't care that I cried myself to sleep. And then the next day acted like it never happened. 
never happened. Super affectionate. Can't wait to marry you today. And I just went along with it because it was like he wanted me, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it was like, okay, maybe he was just like, didn't mean it. He was just like having a bad day. And then it was just like that cycle. And then it's just like gets all kind of brushed under the rug. But that fight started coming back and it became a cycle once a month like every month we would be back to that where I wasn't doing enough or I wasn't enough now that we're divorced and all this stuff is coming out he lived this double life the secrecy and like the money that he was spending like it was all hidden really well Mm -hmm. and I think that the time that I found out that he had cheated on me with a stripper it was so lousy how I found out yeah that you know it's like it makes you think like there's no way this is the first and only time you know but he was so good at keeping this double life a secret And after I found it all out, I was like, no wonder he was so unhappy and so unhappy with me because he hated himself Mm -hmm. and he hated me for it. Mm -hmm. He knew what he was doing. And yeah, because that's like my ex when he started cheating on me, he just became so mean to me. And yeah, nothing I ever did was good enough or the right way or everything was my fault, you know, and it's just like, oh, yeah, because you hate yourself for what you're doing. And so you're taking it out on me. Yep guilty yeah they're guilty and they need some sort of outlet and I had felt like that you know he had taken the mental health approach where he's like you know once I found out that he cheated on me it was like don't leave me I need help I need you now more than ever you know like I'm not okay so in my head it's like okay my person needs me you know I'm gonna be there for my person we're gonna go to therapy we were doing therapy together and then he was doing his own therapy once a week and diving in right and like that whole year like there was a point where I thought we like got through it and we were we were gonna be okay okay so now being in like the out of that that point where you're like we're gonna get through this yeah and when you look back at it now, can you see where you were, like, kind of probably ignoring certain things? Or was he just 100% showing up and doing the most? And He was showing up doing the most, but he was still going through depression episodes. Yeah. That was one thing that never stopped. And yeah. so I had thought that that's what it was. That he was just depressed. Well, he probably was, but he was depressed because he was failing as a husband. Yeah, he was living a double life, which I did not find out until recently. That that whole year that we were repairing our marriage, he was still cheating Mm -hmm. and doing the same thing. But he was so good at covering it up and making me feel like we had the life of our dreams. Yeah, You know, it would be one thing... If I just married this person and we got divorced and it was like a trial marriage, you know, Mm -hmm. and I could just like brush it off and be like, all right, that was dumb. Yeah. Don't marry that kind of person, that kind of love. Like, you don't want to do that. But it's a whole nother ballpark when you have kids with this person. Mm -hmm. And this is where I'm really struggling because it is an everlasting consequence of that Mm -hmm. decision. And it's not just my life. You know, it's like... In that moment, you think, oh, I just, like, I can't wait to get out of this, you know? And, like, you feel free and, like, you got out of it, but your kids never do, you know? And that's, like, really hard for me. For a while, I did stay for my kids. And then it became, like, I think it will be better for him to only have to be a dad 40% of the time because then he can hide who he is Mm -hmm. 60% of the time and just show them the good. Like, maybe that will be better for them. Kind of just, like, trying to make sense of it all, but it's really hard for me is, like, this immense amount of guilt. It's like, I see these girls, like, they get pregnant or they think they're going to spend the rest of their lives with these people and it's like don't do it because then you have kids with this person and you know the extreme efforts that he's made 
to try to take everything away from me and belittle me down to the smallest Mm -hmm. piece of trash that he could pick up. Now, you know, I'm finding out all this stuff through our legal divorce, you know, from his bank statements of, like, all the stuff that he was doing. And it's like, wow, I didn't even know this person. This is, like, a stranger, and I have to share my kids with this person. Mm -hmm. And, like, if you're a mom, I think you understand, like, your biggest maternal instinct is to keep that kid safe. Mm -hmm. That is just, like, comes out. Like, you, the second you're pregnant, I feel like, at least it did for me, was protect them at all costs, you know? I feel like I cannot do what I was made to do whenever I have to drop them off from Thursday to Sunday. But at the same time, they're not coming home, you know, being like, I had such a terrible time with dad and I never being there, you know? So it's not, he's a monster in a relationship, like a romantic relationship, but don't take that into it with, with them because they love their dad and he's being present you know right yeah. but they're also little and they yeah. don't know who he is yet and, yeah. and they will maybe not if he's only got that 40 percent of the time where he gets to be super dad yeah but you, them, know you know what my dad it was the same thing with me and my dad yeah. i loved him every other week like daddy's girl yeah and as i got older i started asking my mom questions yeah and the things that she told me, you know, and she didn't want to tell me. She'd yeah. be like, I don't think you want to know this. And I'm like, yeah, I do want to know this, you know. And it has affected my relationship with my dad. Yeah. It has because I can't believe that he could do that to my mom. I I will stand by this to the day that I die. Abuse towards the mother is abuse towards the kids. Yeah. It is like you are a child's sanctuary. Yeah. You, are, you give them life, love that we're just kind of made for. And for you to try to break her down to nothing when I am our kid's source, yeah, you know, it is a reflection on who he is yeah. as a man and as a dad. Even though it's not towards them. Of course, he's not physically, mentally, verbally abusive towards them. They love seeing him. So, of course, I'm not thinking that they're unsafe, but I know who this person yeah. is. And I have to still drop them off. And that's, like, the thing, you know, is I'm battling this 50-50 custody right now in Florida that just passed where you split up and it's automatically guaranteed you do 50-50. And that's really hard for me because that's an extra day a week and I already feel like that's a lot to go back and just to say, like, man, this is, like, what it would have panned out to be. As children of divorce, the only thing we wanted to do was, like, not have our children grow up in a house with divorce. It sucks that that is what happens and I think like one of the reasons why we really want to do this episode is if you know any young women who haven't chosen a person to marry yet and have children with they should listen to this episode basically the point is really look if you are young and you are not married or if you've never been married and you're in these relationships where you haven't like healed your trauma really look at it take the love that you feel for them out of it and be like is this a story I want to tell my kids one day like do I want to tell my kids like oh yeah mommy and daddy broke up a lot and before they got married or like daddy broke up with mommy and wouldn't talk to her for a year because he was like mad at her about something Mm -hmm. or daddy was married whenever mommy met him you know like is that really the story that you want to tell your children like I'm gonna tell you from a personal stance it's not it sucks that that's the story that I'm gonna have Mm -hmm. to tell my daughter one day don't recreate this trauma again Mm -hmm. like let's I'm doing everything I can try to end this this trauma cycle here so that she doesn't continue it in her life when she Mm -hmm. gets older, you know? Really take the 
love you feel for a person and look at their actions and look at how they're showing up make sure that it's actually love and that it's not a drama bond yeah and if you end up here you didn't know better in the moment like you don't know better until you know better we couldn't have chosen any different like we hadn't healed our trauma right we didn't know any better and when I get like trashed on TikTok and they're like oh you were 22 you should have known better maybe when you were 22 you knew better but when I was 22 I promise you I didn't know better I had the lowest low opinion of marriage the lowest low opinion of how I respected myself and how I made decisions for life as a 22 year old yeah and that is what caused me to make the decisions that I made I don't regret any of them because I can't because it's what got me to here exactly there is that side too I also don't wish it on anybody right I wish that everybody could learn from my choices and make better choices for themselves Right. That's kind of the goal. Yeah. Is where it's like, obviously, I'm so happy for everything that happened because it led me right where I am. You know, like, I wouldn't have been here. We wouldn't have been in St. Augustine together. We wouldn't have had our girls who are best friends. Like, I wouldn't have had what I have now. You know, like, it would have never been what it is exactly right now, which is I wouldn't trade for anything in the world what I have right now. But it doesn't go without saying that if I could help one person to not choose the wrong man to marry and build a life with. And maybe we don't even need to use the word wrong man. Just not choose a a man who's going to cause you pain and agony and have you in shambles and looking around and being like, how did I end up here? Yeah. There are very clear red flags in mm-hmm. the beginning that we ignored yeah and you want to know a biggest one that i think about all the time is that he never cared when i cried yeah that is a huge red flag he could go to sleep and never think about it again that i think about that all the time I'm like man that should have that should have been enough for me and i will say this after years and years of therapy and getting to this place of somebody telling you so many times you just don't trust me i'm constantly paying for what other men did which by the way gaslighting mm-hmm. he knew what he was doing yeah but Side note, what it was doing to me, it got me to a place of being like, you know what, you're so right, but let me flip this switch really quick. I have never been able to trust anyone, and how sad is that for me? Yeah. I deserve to be with somebody that I 100% trust, and I'm not sure that it's you. Maybe a lot of us aren't told that enough as little girls, you know, like especially that didn't have the best dad or even the best mom. Is that like, that's... The bare minimum. That's what what yeah. we deserve. That's at least what you should have is full trust in that person and so, and safety in a man. But if you don't have that, you're going to get stuck in a cycle. And so I think it's just like so important to know you deserve to be with somebody who loves you fully and gives you that safety and security and trust. No doubt. And literally never makes you feel confused about does this person like me or want to be with me? If you are confused about if a man likes you, he doesn't like you. It's so He's true. Using you. And he doesn't respect you. And yeah. I, I think that was the biggest thing with my ex. He did not respect me. He did not really love me. I think it was just like he just really hated me. <laughs> Seriously. And now it's like I'm with somebody who I'm like, man, you like really love me. Like you like really love me. Yeah. You know, I like that place better. At the end of the day, though, it comes back to you really love yourself now. Well, for sure. And uh, on the topic of trust, too, is something that I'm learning in therapy right now is, like, you also really trust yourself now. Started therapy again, like, with the how am I ever going to trust anybody else? And I can still get caught up in it. Like, when you start saying all these things about, like, your ex-husband and how he, like, was presenting, you know, this 
what you want in a Mm -hmm. man it's so scary to think like somebody could do that to me again you got to build that trust back with yourself so that you know that you wouldn't fall for that because you wouldn't ignore the red flags and how he shows up it's so true even if he's presenting like this the red flags would like come through and you would see them and you would trust yourself enough to walk away from that yes and that is why trust is the main thing and it's Mm -hmm. not even just trusting in someone it starts with trusting in you and I had to learn how to do that through years and years of therapy because of the way that I grew up with a narcissist as a stepfather who also lived a completely double life, who was a child predator, yeah. you know, and convinced us all that he was like this great guy, but there were red flags and he instilled in me time and time again that I could not trust myself. You know, I was having this like bad feeling and like bad vibe and the things that he was doing were not making sense mm-hmm. and he would make me feel like you just don't know how to be loved by a father and this is on you you know and I never knew how to trust myself and my intuition because I didn't know any better because Mm -hmm. it was ingrained in me that I couldn't that I couldn't trust myself that is I think the key being able to trust somebody you have to trust yourself first yeah I I think that goes hand in hand the other thing that freaks me up is like I literally did trust my ex like I know you trusted him so so did I so much blindly fully never question anything but at the end of the day, like, all right, what I'm working with is like, well, now I know. I know I can, I know there were things that I ignored that got me into that relationship. So even if I felt safe enough to trust in it, I was still ignoring very clear red flags to be in it. And that's something that, like, I don't want to do anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Number one red flag. If he's married... <laughs> If he cheats with you, he'll cheat on you. Yes. Like, the way you, it's just, the way you got is. him is the way you lose him. And yeah. yeah, if he'll cheat with you, he'll cheat on you. And I never heard those things until... Well, and here's the thing. You guys' story has always felt different to me because we were very young. We were 22. He married very young, his mm-hmm. first wife, and he was unhappy. And he had felt like he had made a mistake, right? And so I think that's the pattern with him is that when he becomes unhappy, he loses all morale and he will just yeah. do whatever he's got to do. Yeah. Um, but at that time we all really believed that like this person was your soulmate. Like you guys were so great together and he is like a really great guy. Like I was just saying before we started this, like I considered him a friend. Like you guys were a package deal for me. Like I loved being with both of you, you know? And that's why I felt really personally hurt through what he had done. But people did. Yeah. Yeah. It was like we were soulmates and, and that was just just a mistake he made when he was very young getting married and then. He met me, his soulmate, at that time, and then that just made everything okay. But when the going got tough and there was an opportunity, he took it. And there felt like there was so much more at stake there because you guys had 10 years together and a a kid together and a whole life. And so it felt really different. But when you narrow it down and you take out all the little details, it still becomes the core of a person. Exactly. And, And still cheating is cheating yeah and basically the most important thing is like if they will cheat with you they will cheat on you so do not like get involved with a person who's cheating on somebody to be with you and if you are that is likely some type of trauma that you need to remove yourself from that and go like look at that trauma and be like why do I want to be with somebody who would cheat on somebody to be with me yeah why would I want to why would I want to get involved in that that seems right time to go within and figure right. out why like, why do I want to hurt a, another person to be with this person there's some trauma there because there was there's a lot of trauma there with me like I understand it now but in that moment I didn't understand it I just was mm-hmm. like this is my soulmate that's why yeah none of it matters because right. he's my soulmate just to end on that I think the biggest things that we can take away are just 
some key points. You know, know your red flags. Know who you are. I'd be able to identify your trauma. Yeah, we have an episode actually called Red Flags We've Ignored. Yes, Which is go a really good one. Go listen to it. It's one of my favorite episodes. It's yeah. really funny, but also funny. like kind of sad that we ignored all those red flags. Yeah. But yes, go listen to it because there are things that you wouldn't even think were red flags. Yeah. And they are. And just to leave you with this too, you know, make sure that you trust yourself. That's the ultimate goal yeah. in life. If you if you have yourself, you have everything. That That's who you come into this world with and who you leave with. It's just yourself. Mm-hmm. So have your own back. Trust yourself. And know that you deserve to be with somebody who gives you that. You don't deserve to be with somebody who takes you on an emotional roller coaster. That is not it. We, this is no. 2024. We do not stand for that anymore. We want security, safety, pure love. Yes, it exists. Don't settle. Don't settle. Settling is a scam. And also, if you don't have children and you want to have children one day, take the feeling out of whatever relationship Mm -hmm. you're in and say, would I want my future daughter or son to be in a relationship like this? Like, would I support it? Would I be like, yes, I love that that man broke up with you and then wanted you back six months later. I love that. The answer is no to things like that. Just really take the facts Pretend like it's somebody treating your future child that way. Do you love it? Do you think that's a great story to tell your future child one day? If it's not, you need to run away from that. Yep. And if you can't do that, like I couldn't, I couldn't imagine that. If your mom and your best friend don't like it, <laughs> that tells you what you need to know, okay? Because my mom wasn't cool with it, neither was my best friend. And those were the two people I didn't tell until I had to. <laughs> so true. So I just wish everybody the best on that because it is such a life is such a journey and there's so much pressure that you put on yourself that the world the society puts Mm -hmm. on us you know to get it all right and and it is really tough but I hope that with this community that we build we just get better and better about choices that we make and stop repeating cycles and grow because then that's like where the good in life is right my ex totally could have taken me down this past year but I was just so focused on I'm the luckiest girl in the world like I have my own back and I feel like I have been so blessed with amazing people around me and I have so much love in my life and that has kept me so grounded through all of this and that's like how good life can get Mm -hmm. just choose that that's where you want to be okay and on that note we're going to hop into our gratitude and what we're looking forward to segment so we do this segment and what we want is for you our listeners to think of something that you're grateful for and something that you're looking forward to because we, we always say if you're in a dark place gratitude is the first step of pulling yourself out just yeah. like anything that you're grateful for they say it's impossible to feel grateful and sad at the same time focus on what you're grateful for so what are you grateful for I just think that I'm really grateful for where I am in my life right now. So much could have broken me and even in like my past how I would just go and like run from things and just like mess it all up even more, Mm -hmm. you know, like I just don't have that desire. Like I I really have the desire to make it right and make life better. I see the fruits of that, you know, and I just feel really thankful for all the people that I have in my life and just like my life in general right now, you know, like even though there's like still terrible things that are happening, I'm like, (laughs) my life is still like really good though you know so I'm just really I'm grateful for that to be able to talk about all this stuff that I've been through and be like my life is still really good yeah that's huge I know yesterday I was just how did I end up here I mean like I never would have wished this as my life but I'm just 
so thankful to be here and yeah. how everything played out the way that it did. Me too. I'm going to say what I'm thankful for is the mentality that like everything in life is either a lesson or a blessing mm-hmm. and all lessons are blessings. Mm-hmm. If you grow from them, if you learn, if you take the lesson and you grow from it, having that mentality is just, I'm always grateful for that. Like my the mentality tools. and yeah. just how it keeps on like evolving and growing and just for the better to help me just move through life in just such a at peace with whatever happens. Yeah. And then I am looking forward to Tessa having this baby. Me too. I cannot wait to hold him. I know. He's gonna be so cute and he's probably gonna be like ten pounds because he's just Don't cooking say in that. there. Is this wood? Yeah. I'm gonna knock <laughs> on this wood. No. I'm looking forward to that too. I'm so looking forward to not being pregnant. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready to have this baby on the outside and like, let's do this baby. Yeah. Let's do it. Once again, send her all those mother birthing vibes and hopefully by the next podcast episode, I will tell you that we have a baby. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a wrap. We'll see you guys back next week. Yep.